I'm Max Pringle with these headlines. The Surgeon General is warning Americans about what he calls the urgent threat of health misinformation. The warning is part of the government's current push to boost stalling vaccination rates. Dr. Vivek Murthy's advisory is the first under the Biden administration. It addresses an epidemic of misinformation and disinformation and its pernicious impact on public health, specifically threatening the U.S. response to COVID-19. It frames misinformation as having hindered vaccination efforts, put lives at risk, and extended the pandemic. The advisory says combating misinformation is a moral and civic responsibility on an individual and an institutional level. The decision to elevate this issue in his first official advisory comes as some Republicans have used the government's coronavirus response and vaccine messaging as a political wedge. The U.S. will offer rewards of up to $10 million for information leading to the identification of anyone engaged in cyber attacks against critical U.S. infrastructure, including ransomware attacks. Ransomware attacks are when hackers steal data from organizations and demand payment to release the information. The Biden administration is launching the website StopRansomware.gov to offer the public resources for countering the threat. Another measure from the Treasury Department will engage banks, technology firms, and others on better anti-money laundering efforts for cryptocurrency and on developing more rapid tracing of ransomware proceeds. Officials hope to seize more extortion payments and ransomware cases, as the FBI did in recouping some of the $4.4 million ransom paid by Colonial Pipeline. The move comes after several high-profile attacks that have hit U.S. companies. President Biden's nominee to head the Census Bureau was set to testify today at a Senate confirmation hearing. Robert Santos, who is Latino, would be the first person of color to become a permanent director of the Bureau, which conducts the once-a-decade headcount of people living in the U.S. and all the statistical and demographic data that goes along with the tally. Currently, Santos is the American Statistical Association's president and the Urban Institute's chief methodologist. He would serve as the Bureau's director past the current Biden administration and through the end of 2026 during a key period of preparations for the 2030 census. Cuba says it will allow people to bring food and supplies into the country without having to pay extra fees. It's an apparent nod to the large anti-government protests over the weekend against food shortages, high prices, and the government's mishandling of the pandemic. Cuban President Miguel Diaz-Canel, for the first time, is offering some self-criticism, while saying that government shortcomings in handling shortages and other problems played a role in this week's protests. Up till now, the Cuban government had only blamed social media and the U.S. for the weekend protests, which were the biggest seen in Cuba in decades. With the Olympic Games just over a week away, new daily coronavirus cases have surged above 1,300 in Tokyo. It's a six-month high. Tokyo is under a fourth state of emergency. New daily cases have been steadily climbing since mid-June, and experts say they could hit several thousand during the Games. More from Feature Story News' John Matthews from Tokyo. 
Seven staff members at a Japanese hotel outside of Tokyo tested positive for the coronavirus. The delegation they were hosting is said to be in a bubble and did not have direct contact with the staff. Still, the new cluster raises concerns that the International Olympic Committee's repeated claims of a safe and secure games may be under threat. A recent poll suggests 78% of Japanese people are against the games going ahead. Plus, Tokyo has reported 1,149 daily COVID cases for Wednesday, already outpacing the fourth wave and running headlong into a fifth wave of infections. Still, despite being in the first week of a new state of emergency, foot traffic in Tokyo's major hubs is only down around 15 to 20 percent week on week, according to new survey data. And that's FSN's John Matthews. India and China have agreed to lower tensions along their shared border. The foreign ministers of both countries met on the sidelines of a summit meeting in Shanghai and agreed to more talks. Ishan Garg reports. India and China say a prolongation of the existing situation is not in the interest of either side. Both have also agreed on calling a meeting between senior military commanders from both sides. The two nations had agreed to completely disengage from friction points in the Himalayan region, but the last few months have seen heavy troop deployments to the contentious border area. Experts say the nuclear neighbours do not trust each other and need to scale back their armies to build trust. They also believe that high-level political dialogue is necessary, especially since several rounds of military and diplomatic dialogues have already failed to resolve the border conflict. Ishan Garg, New Delhi. I'm Max Pringle. You're listening to Sojourner Truth on Pacifica Radio.